0: Welcome to True Crime 101 with Murder Friends. Three friends from three different countries who talk about murder. My name's Hannah and I'm British. I'm Anna and I'm American.
1: I'm Alana and I'm Canadian.
0: In addition to our longer episodes, True Crime 101 talks you through key true crime cases and theories. This week, I want to tell you about the murder of Sandra Rivett. Have you heard of it?
1: No. Mm -mm.
0: No? Okay. So it's one of those cases where the alleged murderer and the circumstances surrounding it are more well-known than the woman who was brutally murdered. So, chances are you have heard um. of this, but I want to approach it from the direction where we talk about Sandra first because I think that's really important. Okay? Okay. With me? I'm on, I'm on board. I know, I'm right. here. I'm, you got me. Um, so, Sandra was born on the 16th of September, 1945, in the UK, and her family then moved to Australia when she was two. The family returned to the UK when Sandra was eight years old. Although Sandra was not necessarily academic, she was described at school as being intelligent and popular. Um, She took a series of jobs, various jobs, um, including being an apprentice hairdresser, a secretary, a carer and latterly a nanny. Sandra got engaged to a builder called John and they had a son called Stephen in 1964. Sadly, their relationship broke down and Sandra moved back home to her parents. Her parents actually later adopted her son in 1965. Um, She moved to Portsmouth to stay with her sister and met Roger Rivett, a Royal Navy Seaman. They married in June 1967. Um, Unfortunately, they later divorced in May 1974, and by that time, Sandra was listed on the books of a domestic agency in Belgravia in London. So she begins working for Richard John Bingham and Victoria Mary Duncan as a nanny, caring for their three children. This is in late 1974, at their family home in Belgravia. This is like a 15-minute walk from Buckingham Palace. Like, oh, wow. we're talking really, really close to that. So you, you kind of get a picture of the area and the kind of lifestyle yeah. that they led. Richard and Veronica had separated and their separation was definitely not amicable. There was a bitter, bitter dispute raging on relating to the custody of their children, their three children. Veronica reports to a former nanny, not to um, Sandra, that Richard had beaten her with a cane and pushed her down some stairs. She feared for her safety. Um, she told that nanny that it would come as no surprise that, quote, if he kills me one day. So she was, you know, she was she was scared. Sandra used to go and visit her boyfriend on Thursday nights. However, on Thursday the 7th of November, as she'd seen him the night before, she decided to stay at the family home and work. She spoke with her boyfriend that night on the phone and then put the children to bed. She asks um, Veronica, the mother, um, whether she'd like a cup of tea. And Veronica says, yes, of course. So she goes downstairs into the kitchen, which is located in the basement. And there she is brutally bludgeoned to death by someone wielding a lead pipe. And her body's then placed in a canvas sack. Veronica's really concerned now. She's like, about the amount of time that Sandra is taking to, to make this, this cup of tea. So she goes to find her. She goes down to the stairs to the basement kitchen and calls down. Veronica is then attacked and she screams out. She's told to shut up by her attacker. And Veronica claims that she recognises the voice being that of her husband. He grabs her by the throat and she fights him back. And she ends the fight because she grabs hold of his bollocks and squeezes really hard. So, oh, like, dude. badass bitch. Yeah. And so the fight kind of ends. They've, you know, they've all, everyone's been sort of scrapping for a bit and they're all, all, all like, oh, okay, fine. And it is her husband. She questions him, you know, where is Sandra? Where is she? He's really, really evasive at first. But after she pushes and pushes, he admits that he's killed Sandra. So Veronica's absolutely terrified at this point. She's in the house with her children and with her husband, who's just admitted to murdering someone. Like, that's terrifying. So she tells him, you know, I can help you escape. Uh, he goes, okay, fine, but I'm, I'm really, like, nervous at the moment. I need some sedatives. And she goes upstairs to get some from the bathroom. And when she goes upstairs, she realises that he can't hear her in the house. So she makes a run for it, And she runs to the local pub. And um, to raise the alarm. So this oh is the part of the case God. where you might recognise the people. And I wanted to approach it this way for a reason. So Richard John Bingham was also known as Lord Lucan. Ah. Oh. Yeah, so he's the 7th Earl of Lucan. They lived in this really lavish, lavish house in, in Belgravia near Buckingham Palace. When you hear about this case, you often hear about how... You don't really hear anything about the nanny. You hear about Lord Lucan's disappearance. And it's been like this huge mystery in like the British press yeah. since, you know, the 1970s. So I wanted to talk about the events that happened afterwards, after the after the murder. And then I'm going to talk about some theories about where he is and what happened to him. And I'm going to end with the most absurd and ultimately my favourite theory. <laughs> um, so um, Richard completely disappears. They search for his, they search his flat because obviously they don't live together. Um, they find his car, they find his passport, they find personal belongings there. His photo and his name are circulated by local police, but no one can find him. The last sightings and of everything of him um, include a telephone call that he placed to his mother, asking her to collect the children from the home. Um, he then borrows a Ford motor car and drives to a friend's property in East Sussex, which he later leaves. And that's the last time anyone ever sees of him. So he... Ultimately, he's declared dead in February 2016 after a really long court battle by his son. But there are a number of these theories um, as to sort of where he went and whether, in fact, he's dead. So I've heard. Obviously, I've heard of L- Lord Lucan. It's you're right. I, this is actually
2: a really clever way to approach it because they never really focus on what he's done. It's all this big mystery of where's Lord where Lucan? he <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah and
0: it's, it's it kind of it pops up in the media every now and then because it's been like so, like sighting of Lord Lucan in. Costa Rica or Colombia or something and then they go and investigate it because they like get a glass from the a beer glass from the the pub he was like seen in and they like test the fingerprints and it's like this huge like run around it's like where is Lord Lucan but no it, it does pop up quite a lot does it ring any bells with you Alana do you, you know anything about it
1: I recognize I think it, they must have talked about it on a podcast not deeply just like one episode to talk about him sort of thing but I didn't know much about it at all
0: Mm. So these are the theories of where Lord Lucan disappears to. So, in addition to potentially killing his nanny, he does have gambling debts as well, like quite bad gambling debts. He's known as Lucky Lucan, but I don't think he's that lucky. If you look at his Wikipedia page, it actually has professional gambler as his as his occupation, as well as being oh. like the seventh Earl of Lucan. So let's well, get into what was his actual
2: occupation?
0: A uh, rich white man. Um, no, I don't know. Rich, <laughs> he's just rich, privileged, white right 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 right. man. I think he's just um, like a British aristocrat. Like aristocrat. He's just uh,
1: just comes from money. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just lives on money, gotcha. and it's just like the '70s as well. So he lived like a really, like almost like a playboy lifestyle. So like in casinos and yachts, and you know, pictured with all these like pretty women all the time. So, Detective Superintendent Rory Ranson claims that he had, quote, done the honourable thing, end quote, and killed himself. And this was echoed by numerous friends of Lucan. John Aspinall, who I'm going to mention later, before his, uh, before John Aspinall died in 2000, believed that he had jumped from a cross-channel ferry with a stone tied to his body. So they think that he got on a ferry to France and leapt off halfway.
2: What did, I mean, was it not suspicious when he was, like walking onto the ferry like carrying a boulder, oh, carrying a boulder. like with a rope <laughs> he tied to <her> a rope like <laughs> no red flags you know
0: what well, is the 70s they didn't check anything did they no you're right they, yeah exactly yeah. veronica his wife i'm still calling her lady lucan now because that's her name she also agreed that he probably would have killed himself and then she put quote like the noble man he was bitch please yeah the noble man he was well yeah okay yeah, because there was this, like, bitter, like, custody battle between them and how um, Lord Lucan often thought that the nanny wouldn't be home on Thursday night because it was dark when he attacked Yeah, he was, he was trying to kill the wife. Yeah, obviously. Wife. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know,
0: just divorce, like, normal people. Like- it was the 70s. You can just divorce in the 70s? <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was mainly about the children that he was claiming that she was, like, an unfit mother and... Yeah, well, he really proved his fitness for parenting there. Yeah, exactly. It's like as soon as he disappears, though, she gets like custody of the children because they were placed into being like wards of the court, and um, they were, the court were just like, yeah, no, you, you can look after them, it's fine. Some believe that he was he moved abroad either to um, Southern Africa, um, New Zealand, or Greece. Others believed he was helped out of the country, but was then deemed to be too great a risk to be discovered with, and so was killed and buried in Switzerland.
1: That's very specific. Very specific,
0: isn't it? Yeah. There's also been sightings of him in sorts potential sightings of him in France, Colombia, and India. And like I said before, there was a lot of people who would you know go on these like wild goose chases trying to find him, but nothing nothing ever's kind of cropped up. So it's going to come to my my favourite theory, and this comes from the mother of John Aspinall, and John Aspinall owns zoos in well his Family, like the Aspinall Trust, owns zoos in Kent. So, Portland oh. and Howlett's. Yeah, been to... So yeah, been to... Potentially the thing. site of a terrible thing. Um, so, the mother of John Aspinall says, this is a quote, The last I heard of him, he was being fed to the tigers at my son's zoo.
1: Oh, damn.
0: So, um, Philip Mark, a stockbroker and, you know, someone who knew him, he also believed this theory. And he said um, that he believed that Lucan shot himself... And then was fed to a tiger called Zora. This actually led to a massive search of the zoo and the, the country home on the zoo, like property, um, all of the animal cages. They, like, really, 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 really searched everything. But John Aspinall, who was alive at the time, later said, This is a, a great quote My tigers are only fed the choice cuts. Do you really think they're going to eat stringy old Lucky? That quote. <laughs> So that is the story of Lord Lucan, the missing aristocrat who allegedly murdered the nanny. All of my information came from Wikipedia, The Telegraph, The Times, and The Guardian. But if you head over to murderfriends.com, I will post a full list of all my sources together with links so you can check those out too. Wow.
1: That's good. I guess the one thing is, if there is no body, and there's no like, identified body, mm. and he is dead, like he would have to be out of country, I guess for for him to go unnoticed like his body to go unnoticed you know what I mean like mm. if his body was found in the UK I, I would have thought that people would test or something or maybe it's too old I don't know
2: yeah well he wouldn't he wouldn't be alive now he'd be pretty old now at this stage wouldn't he
0: yeah I mean he was born in 1934 maybe yeah
2: so he'd be like 83 yeah, or so, 4 yeah 5, the, or... the chances
0: that he'd, he would be alive now are, are very very low I don't
2: know you feel like the stuff where he just like committed suicide I just feel like, you know, he would have done it and then, like, somebody would have found him. Like,
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, how do you obscure the body?
0: Yeah, like...
2: Well, also because you think someone like that...
0: He had a lot of, like, wealthy you know, friends and, like... True. So, it would... Mm, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I mean, I... I like to think he was fed to the tigers. I think that is my favorite theory. It's um, the way I want to go. I want to go with yeah. it, too. I'm going to go... Or I can just literally picture him... On the ferry to Calais with like a just a rock, he's like holding it like (laughs) like, that, and like in in line, you checking any luggage? (laughs) Yes, just my
0: giant rock and this piece of rope.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's it. That's all I'm bringing. But again, wouldn't people have seen him? But where did that thing? You, it's really funny to like find out where these theories came from. How did that start as like a thing? Or like the one where he's buried in Switzerland? Well, like how? So so where did that come
0: from? Yeah, yeah. How did that even start? Definitely, I think um, I think his wife took it very poorly. I think she was really good friends. Like they had a, the nanny, and his wife had a really close relationship. You know, they used to like share clothes, and and you know they had a a really close kind of like living arrangement as well. So I I can't imagine what that would would have been like if you know you you go and find out where the nanny is and find that your husband's bludgeoned her to de- allegedly bludgeoned her to death, thinking it was you. Yeah, oh That's my that God. Messes you up. That's next level. Yeah. But, um, Unless
1: she kills him and buries the body.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she just What him if out. she actually did it, yeah?
1: Hmm.
0: Huh. Um Lady Lucan died of um, died in two thousand seventeen of a suspected overdose. She was in the news actually before she died because she cut her children out of her will. Oh. Why? Um, um for one for a reason, which was they had lack of good manners.
1: Oh, oh, my goodness. So she just
0: like completely cuts them out. She actually left all of her fortune to um, shelter the um, homeless charity in the UK. Oh
2: yeah, shelter. Yeah, it's
0: the homeless.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, so wow. That's a. I mean, good for her, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> but if I was her kid, oh my god, <laughs> he'd,
0: be so he'd be pissed. He'd be <laughs> 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 he like, okay, great, mum, thanks. So yeah, that is the uh, story of Lord Lucan. Thank you. Wherever he may be.
1: If you're listening, we'd love
2: to talk to you. You can call us. Yeah, hit us up. In fact, you can email <laughs> us at... Or we can, email us at murderfriendspod at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, murderfriendspod on Instagram and murderfriendspd on Twitter. And also check out our website, murderfriends.com. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>